0: It is AFC Championship Week in the heart of America in Kansas City, and we are here to talk all about it all week long. My name is Farzee and This is the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I appreciate all of you downloading and listening to this episode. A lot to get into. Not going to be as long as some of our other podcasts, but going to be very fun uh, still nonetheless. We are going to have Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. He will be joining me. In just a matter of moments, we will talk a lot about what's been going on with the Kansas City Chiefs and, of course, the positive story uh, surrounding Dave Cochran, uh, a.k.a. Good Samaritan Dave. There is also some uh, recent developments regarding Dave that I'm going to address in just a moment, so bear with me. I know you guys are probably wanting me to address this, so I will get to that in just a moment. Uh, Also on the podcast, we will be doing the closing segments. We will do as usual the around the nfl out of bounds and our penalty flags we'll throw those at the end of the podcast and again we're going to do it on this episode that way on the next episode we are simply focusing on the chiefs and patriots breakdown and speaking of the next episode uh joining us to help break down the uh, matchup a little bit is going to be charles goldman of usa today uh, of chiefs wire with usa today just to be clear on that so Charles Goldman will be joining us. The social media, facebook.com slash Farzee That's my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Also follow me on Twitter at farzine 21 plus my email farzine at farzee We will be doing a Facebook live video at halftime and after the game. So join me for that. We will have our normal discussion as we do at halftime and after the game between the Chiefs and Patriots. should be a lot of fun to do that. And as always, we'll have the commentary going all week long before the game, throughout the game, and afterwards on social media. So join me for that. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as Podbean. And share the links as well. Alright, I want to uh, address something here because... For those who may not be in the Kansas City area, this this part of the story might not get picked up. Maybe it does. Uh, but Fox 4 News has... Unveiled uh, some of uh, Dave's past In fact, very recently something happened to him uh, Look, I'm not going to get into the details of this If you want to look into it, go to Fox 4 News And if you want to judge for yourself you have a different opinion than what I'm about to say Hey, fair enough uh, I'm just going to give my two cents on this Maybe my comments on this might change some of your opinions And I hope it does If your opinion does differ than mine uh, so look, uh, it, it does turn out that Dave, uh, Good Samaritan Dave, whose uh, real name is Dave Cochran, uh, it, by the way, the story has picked up nationally on CNN, uh, NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, everywhere, C-SPAN, everyone's talking about this across the world. However, Dave does have a criminal past. Uh, as a matter of fact, he had a run-in with police, I don't know if it was in the city of Kansas City or or... Uh, with uh, police within the Kansas City metro area, if it was one of the suburbs, is what I am trying to say. Uh, he he had an incident what roughly twenty four hours before he helped Jeff Allen get out of the ditch. Here is what I am going to say right now because I hear I am seeing a lot of people say that oh uh, everyone should be refunded for those who have uh helped raise more than $13,000 for the GoFundMe account, which is now being uh, handled by his sister, uh, who I mentioned I, I had the pleasure of talking to privately. Uh, and, and we had a good conversation about all of this, and, and she told me she's very excited to go to the game. It's their first time going to Arrowhead, and, and they deserve it, I think. Look, uh, I understand that he just had an incident right before helping Jeff Allen, and... Unfortunately, it seems like there's a long list of incidents that he's been involved with. As a matter of fact, uh, I I can't confirm this, but someone claiming to be his family member has reached out to me and is trying to ask me to tell people to demand a refund on there, which, which I'm not going to do. But here's what I'm going to say. Instead of criticizing this guy for what he did or what he's done in the past... And again, you can say the past is the past, but he had something come up very, very recently. Now, with that said, I'm hoping this incident where he helped Jeff and all the national attention that he's been getting, essentially now he's turned into a local Celebrity Chiefs fan. I hope Dave can use this opportunity to just learn from this and say, hey, look, good people can get their lives turned around. Obviously, Dave's a good person. I mean, he's got some good in him. Sure, he's got a troubled past, but he's got some good in him if... He helped Jeff Allen the way he did. Let me just ask everyone a question, and I, I'm, I'm answering this along with all of you guys. How many of you guys have helped people? How many times have you helped someone get out of a ditch in the snow, or whatever the case may be, if, if someone needed gas on the side of the road? How many times have you guys have helped anyone do that? I think I speak for the wide majority of you guys that the big, the, the answer to that is zero. I've never done that, and I think a lot of people listening have not either. In fact, I I remember when I was a student at KU, my car was once stuck in the snow, and I had, uh, well, I I didn't ask for anyone's help, but three uh, girls from the KU soccer team came over and helped push my car, and super nice girls, of course, part of the soccer team, and you know, without them, I probably would not have been able to get out of the ditch. So, I've never done anything like that before. People have helped do that for me. Here is Dave, who not only helped Jeff Allen, but he went and helped out a bunch of other people. And by the way, you know, we live in this judgmental world. Okay, let's be judgmental for a moment. Dave drives a 95 Suburban. Obviously a very old car. Probably not a lot of mileage left on that car. He still uses that vehicle to help people get out of these ditches. People have brand new, powerful vehicles and are not willing to do that. So, look... Whatever Dave's been going through and whatever else may be going on, which is none of my business, none of your business, no one else's business, uh, and I'm t- I mentioned this because there are reports that there have apparently been some incidents within his family and things that are still being investigated on that end, uh, hopefully Dave can use this opportunity to rebound, because now he's got some sort of a platform here. Uh. And instead of being so judgmental about this guy, rather than using our energy and our ability to say whatever we want behind a keyboard, behind a tablet, behind a smartphone, instead of being so critical, how about we find ways to help Dave, as well as other people like Dave? Uh, I told you guys, there's a show I really enjoy called Undercover Boss, which, for those who've never seen that show before, and I mentioned this exact episode that I'm about to bring up uh basically presidents or ceos owners of a company they change their disguise they'll they'll cut their hair they'll 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 add fake facial hair or maybe they'll cut off their facial hair whatever it is um they go through a, a facelift and they act as brand new employees for a company and they basically try to learn how uh, other employees feel about uh the company, and about leadership in that company, and they basically try to learn from that, and then they try to reward those who they went out there and helped they, with some of the stories they hear. I mean, sometimes you they, they've heard, heard people that they have health issues, or a family member has health issues, and they're trying to collect money for that, those kinds of things. It's a great episode, a great feel-good, uh, I say great episode, great TV show, great uh, feel-good ending at, every, uh, at the end of every episode of Undercover Boss. There was one episode where a woman... Uh, I can't remember what city it was, but she was uh, the mayor of a city and she went undercover and she came across somebody who had a criminal past, had been behind bars, uh, had been arrested multiple times. And he mentioned at some point while he was training this woman, did not realize she was essentially his boss, that he is trying to rebound. And at the end of the episode, when she revealed her true identity to this employee, she said, hey, look, I know you have a troubled past, but I also know you're trying to improve from this so let me just say this right here I'm not going to be the one that judges Dave that's not how I was raised it's not how I was taught to to go about things uh in the family that I grew up in I know that there are people out there who've done horrible things um and you know at some point someone's got to rebound look at Kareem Hunt I think that's a great example Three incidents in one year, and who knows if there may have been more that we don't know of, and maybe the Chiefs know, and they've been trying to be silent about it. Obviously, one of them, uh, I mean, it got very public. We all know about that. But at this point right now, don't you at least, instead of criticizing Kareem Hunt, and look, I'm guilty of this as well, instead of criticizing Kareem Hunt and what he did, don't you at least hope that after three strikes he learns from this and doesn't do it ever again? I mean, that's, that's what we should be hoping for in our society. I know with celebrities and, and athletes, when they get in trouble like this, it's easy to kind of poke fun at them. And, and look, let's be honest, man, if this is a Raiders player or a Broncos player that did all this, we'd be laughing and posting all these funny memes about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, we've got to understand that people like Dave, sure, maybe have a troubled past, but that doesn't mean they're completely 100% evil people that, I mean... They, they obviously have some good, like Dave, and I, I saw someone mention it on the Facebook page when, when, that, when the picture I posted of Dave just completely blew up, uh, which was posted by Stephen Dial on Twitter, someone commented and said, you know, the people that have very little seem to give the most, and I think that's a very accurate statement there, it really is. Uh, let me just make one thing clear, I mentioned that I had been in contact with Dave's sister, I actually did get in contact with Dave himself. We were actually going to have him on this episode. Unfortunately, because of the negative story that was revealed roughly around Monday evening, uh, Dave is no longer answering his phone, and it seems like he is declining to come on the podcast uh, and might not do a whole lot of media at this point, unfortunately. So, I want to respect that. If he wants to be left alone right now, especially given the negative story and, and this part of his personal life that's now been public, then I think we need to leave him alone. So listen, if you want to help Dave, there's a GoFundMe account. Everyone knows about it. It's been shared. They've already reached above the goal. I mentioned it's been. Uh, they've raised more than $13,000 for Dave right now. If you don't want to help, fine, but don't be critical about him either, Dave. Uh, because at the end of the day, we know not everyone's perfect. And when I say not everyone's perfect, sure, maybe people listening may not have a criminal background, but that doesn't mean you are one hundred percent in the clear and you've never made a single mistake in your life. Let's make let's make sure we're aware, aware about those kinds of things as well. I've made mistakes, maybe not even close to what Dave's done, but I know deep down inside, I, I made mistakes, the things that I shouldn't have done. So everyone has that in their past. Let's just be clear about that too. So, uh. Hey, look, I I I still think it's a remarkable story. Uh, I mean, Jeff Allen would not have been able to get to the game on time if it was, maybe not even get to the game if it was not for Dave. I think think that's something that we've got to remember because this is what helped build the story, be what it is. Alright, so enough about that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this, uh, the, at least the positive side of things, with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. He will be joining me in just a moment. Uh, I did want to touch on uh, what's been going on with the New England Patriots. So, it seems like there is this victim card that's, that's, that's being played by the Patriots right now. Look, I get it. They're the New England Patriots. Nobody likes it when they win. Everybody celebrates. Uh, I mean, everyone's throwing confetti. People are having parties. People are are rushing the streets whenever the Patriots lose a football game. It is a tradition among NFL fans to celebrate when the Patriots lose a football game. And you know what? As Patriots fans, you gotta wear that badge proudly. Because that's the kind of team that the Patriots have turned into. Now the Patriots... First of all, Tom Brady, in his interview with Tracy Wolfson after the game, said something to the effect of how everyone thinks we suck... Okay, I'm not quite sure who everyone is. First of all, why are you giving attention to these people? I'm kind of curious about that. Second of all, the Patriots Twitter account put together a montage of all of these pundits on ESPN and Fox Sports and all of the predictions against the Patriots, uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, which obviously the Patriots blew out. Look. People are not going to go 100% on their predictions. I get really annoyed when Chiefs fans point out that this person was wrong, this person was wrong, and this person was wrong predicting against us. So what? I want you to predict the records for all 32 NFL teams. You're not going to go 32 for 32. I don't care if you are the highest paid sports broadcaster in the business. No one's going to go perfect with their predictions. So keep that in mind. Sometimes on wildcard weekend or, or the divisional round, you go 4-0 or you go 0-4. It happens to the best of the, uh, of the people in this industry covering sports. But for the Patriots to play this victim card, to me, it comes off very immature and childish. To me, it comes off as like this kid on Christmas who gets 20 gifts from mommy and daddy because they want to spoil him to hell... And when he's done opening the gifts, he looks at mom and dad and says, I was expecting 10 more gifts. What the hell, mom and dad? I mean, what are the Patriots really complaining about? Let's say the Patriots lose 49-0 to the Chiefs. So what? I get it. Everyone lives in the now. But let's be honest here. If you're a Patriots fan, and I'm assuming if you're a Patriots fan, you're probably also a Red Sox fan, a Bruins fan, a Celtics fan, probably also a Boston College fan. I mean, that town has had a hell of a lot of success. And in fact, I just mentioned the last podcast, uh, I remember a meme came out that a 16 or 17-year-old has witnessed at least a dozen championships from Boston Sports alone. So, the Patriots playing this victim card, us against the world, they did this too when Tom Brady was suspended four games for Deflategate, Really, you guys are gonna play this sympathy card, and you want everybody to feel bad for you? Get out of here! I mean, what what is happening now that the Patriots have turned into this sob story? Oh no, they're picking against us. So what? I mean, I thought I was annoyed when I saw Chiefs fans complaining about the "quote unquote" national disrespect, which I disagree with because a. Of, of, uh, according to NFL Pick Watch, 75% of national pundits picked the Chiefs to win. So I'm confused as to why one-fourth of people picking the Colts is considered a majority of the national media disrespecting the Chiefs. I don't quite get that. I really don't. So, I thought I was annoyed when Chiefs fans played this card, but Jesus Christ, man. The New England Patriots of all NFL franchises to play the victim card? I mean, that just makes me... Hope that the Chiefs destroy them. I I was kind of hoping for like a back and forth kind of match. But now at this point, I just want them to get destroyed. With all the egos going on there. I mean, come on. Where did this come from? From the New England Patriots. And now you've got Patriots fans that are going along with this. I don't know what you call this. With this silly act of victim ploy here. I don't get this. I really don't. Uh, if you understand this, please educate me. Facebook.com slash dot Twitter.com slash Farzine21, and my email Farzine at com. If you can explain to me why the hell are the Patriots being so pouty about this, which you probably won't be able to do, or at least maybe not give a logical answer to, let me know why the Patriots are doing this. Because I'll tell you what, man, for a guy who does this podcast and always has uh, thoughts and things to say, Uh, I'm speechless on this. I I don't really see the logic in this. So what? People are picking against you. Deal with it. Not everyone's going to be in favor of you all the time. You lost two in a row. You lost to a Dolphins team. First of all, you're 3-5 and in road games. Second of all, one of those road games you lost to the Dolphins on a play you should have never allowed happen and you put your tight end who I would not trust him with anything when it comes to his back. And you want him to be out there making the game-saving tackle to try to win the game. I I, I don't understand that. So, I, I mean, it, it's the Patriots that are playing this card here. Go figure. It is now that time We bring in Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Back to the podcast now. Uh, He's starting to become a good friend of the podcast. We've had him on uh, once during the season, and I think once right before the regular season got underway. We've had a lot of fun talking to Matt, and hey, it's playoff time, so uh, why not? Let's do it one more time before... The season comes to an end, hopefully not for a couple of more weeks for Kansas City at least, but man, for right now, everyone's just having fun getting on this Chiefs bandwagon right now and joining us right now, Matt Derrick here on the Chiefstone Podcast. Matt, welcome back. How have you been, man? Hey, not too bad. It's always great talking to you. always have fun, so I appreciate the invite. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you making time for us. I know you, you're, you're probably doing a lot of these. I know uh, you're a uh, weekly guest, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or I don't know if you do weekly or, or twice a week on uh, 580 WIBW. Uh, I, I know you're probably doing other requests as well, these kinds of hits, so I really appreciate you making time for us. Uh, look, obviously a lot to get into with the Chiefs and Patriots. AFC Championship, never been in Arrowhead before, but... Everyone is just talking about Good Samaritan Dave. That's been the number one story in Kansas City. And it's actually hitting the national media. I've seen it on CNN. I've seen it on CBS uh, news, uh, Fox News, NBC. I mean, it's everywhere out there. What is your reaction? Just seeing not just, you know, the, uh, the good deed, but the reaction it's getting everyone wanting to help and the national media picking up this story in such a exciting season. For for Kansas City right now,
1: yeah, yeah. You wonder if, uh, if it would have had quite the legs if the Chiefs had lost. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> a situation like that, kind of wonder if all the you know the CBS and the cnn of the world would say, "Yeah, they lost. Who cares?" But uh, you know, it's a it's an incredible story. It really is. I mean, it gives you. I think it gives you a little bit of faith in the world. When, You've had bad days, and you know. And and I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I thought that Saturday, it, for, despite the Chiefs win, I thought there were some bad moments that day. I'll leave it at that. Um, but hearing that there's a, there's a guy like that that's got a lot of other worries and stops to help somebody that he doesn't know on the side of the road. That's what that's what everybody should do. I mean, it's a great story. So you know, I I, I thought it was really cool that that Jeff wanted to reach out and do that and try to track down the guy and then you, you find the story and it's just
0: absolutely the, the layers of that thing are just absolutely incredible you know i someone asked jeff on twitter i think it was just a, a normal fan who said you 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 saw him didn't you ask for his number jeff said he in a response to the tweet he said he did but when he wrote down the number in his on a on smartphone as soon as he was about to hit save, somebody called him, and once that phone conversation was over, once he hung up, the contact info disappeared, and Dave had already moved on and probably went on to save the next person. By that point, uh, so it's just really remarkable, and it, sh- it just shows you Twitter's not a terrible place, Matt. It's not always terrible. Uh, good things do happen on there. Um, good things I'm c- do happen on Twitter.
1: I'll admit that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I- I'm curious. Uh, did you? I know uh, Monday was uh, media availability uh for the chiefs uh andy reed of course does uh press conference on mondays and some of the players uh I, and i i believe they they um i talked to the media did you have a chance to talk to jeff allen what was his response to all of this
1: yeah i mean we didn't get a chance today um they had a closed locker room today so it was just andy reed um i am I'm imagining that on wednesday if they because this this being championship week they're they're doing things a little bit differently so, I imagine there's a pretty good chance we're going to put him at the podium. They're going to get so many requests. But if not, I am sure everyone will be descending on him in the locker room on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if the Chiefs win, when you have that Super Bowl, which is just fun just to even think of the idea of uh, Super Bowl Media Day, I mean, I, I have a feeling that Jeff Allen might get more interview requests than Patrick Mahomes uh in that media availability where they have they pretty much have everybody in one big room and you know it's up to you as a reporter as to who who talks to who and you gotta to try to do that as fast as you can. So that's gonna be a very exciting time. Uh, this really is an exciting story and it's just very cool to see all of that, uh, just pan out the way it has. Uh, real quickly, one other thing before we get into Chiefs and Patriots. Uh, last time we had you on, of course, we talked about the book that you had, Showtime. I'll admit, I have not read this yet. I will read it soon though. Uh, I actually did get the book for my brother for Christmas. He was very excited to get it. He, uh, he said he really enjoyed reading this. I'm curious, what's the reaction been to, to that book ever since it's come out? I know what uh, it was on available on digital at the time when you and i spoke here on the podcast last uh but now it's been out there for a while now what's been the reaction to the book
1: uh you know really overwhelmingly positive i'm just so grateful that everybody has uh has, has liked the book and had some kind things to say if you if you don't have kind things to say i'll hear that too so <laughs> feel free to send me <laughs> on on twitter or anywhere you, you want you to pass on criticism i'll take it uh but everybody's been so grateful and so nice about it i really appreciate that um I, I think maybe it was the last time that we talked, did a book signing up in Liberty, Missouri, and um, had about 80 people come out, pick up books. That was uh, incredibly fun. There were so many great Chiefs fans who came out um, to talk there. And that. I know uh, a lot of a lot of them are fans of different podcasts, including this one, because they mentioned it and mentioned hearing me and everything. And um, yeah, it, It's really been great. I really appreciate all the fans out there and, and the response they've given
0: to me for it. That is awesome. Very cool. Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest joining us right now on the podcast. If you want to follow Matt on social media, it is Matt Derrick on Twitter. Derrick is spelled D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Matt, do you know who uh, Matt Connor is of um, Arrowhead Addict? Or, or have you heard the name? Indeed I do, yeah. Yeah, so so we have him on the podcast. I always have to spell his last name because I'm a, I'm a big UFC fan and... Uh, Connor McGregor, his first name is spelled C O N O R, which is very unusual for that uh, first name. And of course, the, the the name Derek. I mean, that's spelled in so many different ways. So I always have to spell it. And of course, it's always done with the first name Matt too. So I always have to clarify that, just so people don't spell. You know, they they, they don't mess with me and go, well, I can't find Matt Derek. But there it is, Matt Derek. Uh, again, it's spelled D E R R I C K on Twitter. Give him a follow if you haven't. Uh, Does a lot of great stuff over at Chiefs Digest and contributes to some of the uh, local radio outlets. I mentioned 580 and you're also on Sports Radio 810 occasionally as well. Uh, Are you shocked that the Patriots on social media, I mean Tom Brady did this post-game interview where he talked about uh, apparently people think the Patriots suck and the, the Patriots social media team put out this crazy guilt trip video where they're basically shaming anyone that's picked against them. Are you surprised that they're playing this victim card going into this chiefs AFC championship game?
1: Honestly, no, because I, I that's what the Patriots do. I mean, they really do I, They play any card. They feel like they, is in their advantage. And if it's, if they think that it's in their advantage to portray themselves as the underdog, and it's going to motivate them to, to make to the, portray themselves that way, uh, they're going to do it. Um, you know, and, and, we did. We, we we had a conference call with Bill Belichick today, and actually asked exactly about that, and and he he did kind of dismiss it and everything, you know, as far as just this, you know, dismissing the idea that that the, the Chiefs are you know big favorite. But he did he played into it. I mean, he doesn't think that – He didn't say it was necessarily going to be a motivating voting factor for his team, but he played into it at least as far as you know saying that the Chiefs are a great team and acknowledging they're the favorite in the game. So uh, it's it's the Patriot way to find every single inch of advantage. And if they think that they can gain any psychological advantage to portray themselves as the underdog, they're absolutely going to do it.
0: Look, everyone is going to talk about Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, uh, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and then on the defensive side, you've got some good players in the secondary for New England. You've got some really great players on that front seven for Kansas City's defense, is there a matchup, or do you think that there's maybe a dark horse player on either team that can maybe make a really big impact in this game?
1: Well, I, you know, I figured that if the, if the Chiefs are, you know defense is going to continue the way that it's playing, I think it's going to have to have a play in the secondary at some point. And so I, I would not be surprised if it's, uh, you know, a big interception that comes up with from one of the corners. Uh, Kendall Fuller, Traverse Ward, the way they've been playing lately, I feel like that's the best place that maybe you've got a kind of maybe an under-the-radar prospect as far as a big play. But um, the Patriots, I mean, there's so many different directions they can come from, um, you know, with, with their guys and everything. If But uh, I feel like there's almost nobody on the Patriots that I would think it was kind of an under-the-radar player. I mean, they actually are all pretty good. Um Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, because I think that at times that they've all come up with big plays, and and a lot of them have come up with big plays against the Chiefs. If the Patriots do win, I think it's because they're going to be taking, you know, Travis Kelsey out of the game. And that's going to come from their safety play. And those guys are the ones that are going to have to try and shut him down. If if Kelsey has a big game, you know, the way that things have gone lately, Chiefs have kind of rolled with Travis. And if he has a big game, this offense is going to roll.
0: Andy Reid was asked about uh, the four players that are currently dealing with injuries right now. Spencer Ware, uh, LDT, Dorian O'Daniel, and of course, uh, the big mystery one, uh, or at least it feels like a big mystery all year long, is Eric Berry. Uh, I know he said that they are all day-to-day, which seems to be normal lingo at this point with the Kansas City Chiefs, so you don't really know what that definition really means at this point from from Kansas City standpoint on this. Uh, I, I, I'm curious... Uh, to the best of your knowledge, uh, how optimistic are you or what do you think the chances are that one of those four guys play uh play on uh Saturday or excuse me, Sunday?
1: You know, uh it's it's really is hard to say because uh, you know let's go look, deal with them individually. I mean, Spencer Ware has looked for the last couple of weeks like he might be getting close. Um he you know, he was out on the field last week, not this past Sunday, but the week before. Uh, doing some work with the trainers before the game and looked like he might be ready to go. Um, he has been practicing, and, and, you know, you would think that if, even if he is just in there for a limited role, he would be close. Um, so it, it's still hard to say, I think it's still coin toss if he comes back this week, Eric Berry is definitely a coin toss. I, I think we'll have a pretty good idea on Wednesday uh, with the injury report. If he's not practicing, I think that's right there a pretty big warning sign that he won't play this week. Um, they just need to be able to get his, with with the rust that he's got. I don't think you're going to be throwing him out there with no practice time. So he's got to be he's got to be able to get some work. know um, O'Daniel, that that injury looks like it could be something that lingers a little bit. Um, it's it, it's alternately described it as a calf and an ankle injury, but sometimes that kind of equates to maybe like a high ankle injury. And if that's the case. That's something that's going to slow you down for a few weeks. And with uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, we'll find out this week. They're going to have to make a decision about whether to return him to the active roster this week or shut him down for the season. Uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that they do put him on the roster. Um, but if they throw do they throw him out there this week? Uh, that's that's a tough call. I mean, he has been working the last three weeks with the scout team. By all accounts, it sounds like he's he's pretty close. Uh, But at the same time, the offensive line has been playing pretty good. So I don't know if they just really want to disrupt the chemistry that they've got quite yet.
0: A lot of people were asking me on social media, and I thought this is actually a fair question, if LDT does get activated, which deadline should be sometime later today on Tuesday. I'm curious, what do you think? Uh, Because people are saying would they remove one of the offensive linemen? And as you just said, they've been playing very well. I kind of wonder if at this point... If Eric Berry is not expected to play, could he be the guy that gets replaced by LDT on the roster spot? Do you think that's a realistic possibility?
1: Uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities. I, I don't know if they would go that direction with Barry because I, I think that there's a, you know, obviously they feel like this injury has always been a day-to-day thing. I mean, it's just really how does Eric Berry feel that day? And certainly a, we've had a long string of days where it doesn't feel like he could go. Um, But I think they want to keep open the possibility that that he plays in his hometown in the Super Bowl. So I I find it hard to believe that they would ever close the door on that possibility if they think there's even a remote chance that that Eric Berry could play. Um, I think it's going to be a real tough decision about what they do. I mean, they're carrying an extra wide receiver. Um, LDT coming back means they'd be carrying really almost two extra offensive linemen. So there's a lot of different directions they could go there.
0: Now, before we let you go, of course, you're uh, part of uh, G- ChiefsDigest.com, excuse me. Uh, tell us a little bit, uh, what do you have planned, assuming good things do happen on Sunday for the Chiefs, uh, I mean, what do you have planned in terms of what readers can expect on your website, because I- obviously going to be a lot of coverage, uh, just-, just give the listeners, uh, for those who maybe haven't been on the website lately, or maybe never before, uh, what they can expect in the coming weeks uh, with some of the coverage.
1: Well, you know, I, I think I probably have a little bit of a reputation for having more of an eccentric uh, approach to covering the chief. <laughs> because, I, you know, I, I like to try to give people coverage that they can't get anywhere else. Because you can get game stories anywhere, uh, you know. You you can get the news of the day, and certainly we cover that. Um, but one of the hallmarks, you know, that when Herbie TeoB created Chiefs Digest, one of the things that that he always you know focused on was was trying to cover the entire roster. And so that's that's one of the things that I you know, especially the Chiefs can win this game and make it a Super Bowl. I want to try and, and tell you the story about everybody who's going to be on that, in that game, um, even the guys maybe you don't hear from that much. And uh, if they do win next week, you know, we do have some – I've got some stories in the, in the pipeline about some updates with uh, some players on the back end of the roster. I talked to Khalil McKenzie recently, um, Josh Crockett, who's on the practice squad and a really intriguing player. Um, there's a few other guys that, you know, we're going to have some stories on. So maybe guys that you don't hear as much about. Um, but I think the Chiefs fans would be really interested to know about how their seasons have been going and where kind of their position the team is right now.
0: Do you have a prediction for Sunday?
1: You know, I'm still trying to cipher it out. Um, but I'm pretty bullish on the Chiefs and I'm bullish because the defense has been playing so well at home. Um, and the offense continues to roll, I mean, I, I'm starting to really think that there's a high likelihood that this is a pretty comfortable win for the Chiefs. I mean, that would be in keeping with how they have played at Arrowhead this season, and especially of late, uh, except for the Chargers game. I mean, but even then, I think that they played a pretty good game, and it took a almost perfect effort from Phillip Rivers to, to get them over the hump. But if the if the Patriots come out and don't play their A game, I think this is going to be a pretty comfortable win for the Chiefs. Um, It could turn into a shootout, but right now I'm thinking this might be maybe a
0: two-score game in favor of the Chiefs. All right, sounds good. Matt Derrick, follow him on Twitter, at Matt Derrick, writer of ChiefsDigest.com. Hey, Matt, it's been a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll do this a couple of times in the offseason and again next season. I appreciate all the time that you've made for us here on the podcast. Uh, Good luck to you, and hopefully you get to uh, cover the team for two more weeks After Sunday, and uh, I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be just crazy insanity in Kansas City. So uh, the city deserves it, and uh, all the people covering the Chiefs, I think, deserve to have an exciting moment like that. So uh, again, thanks a lot for all you've done coming on this podcast. We'll keep in touch, man. Absolutely. I hope
1: I hope we have a reason to talk again in the next couple weeks.
0: Yes, yes, that'll be exciting. I'll, I'll hold you to that. I appreciate it, Matt. All right, that's Matt Derrick, author of Showtime, and again. Be writer for ChiefsDigest.com. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. <music> Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma announces he has declared for the 2019 NFL Draft. He was a 2018 first round pick with the Oakland Athletics. And I'm just going to say right there, There's the baseball background. A lot of people are looking at Mahomes and the fact that his baseball background has maybe helped him just look really good in the sport this year for football. And you look at, from the sport of baseball standpoint, how does that help a quarterback dominate the way that Patrick Mahomes has been able to do. I remember when John Dorsey drafted Sanders Cummings, uh, he mentioned that this guy was a center fielder uh, playing college baseball, and that's really been able to help him as a defensive back be able to locate footballs and come away with interceptions in college. I know that didn't pan out to be the same way in the NFL, but a lot of coaches seem to like it when football players have a baseball background. For some, it pans out to be great, for some, not. For Patrick Mahomes, obviously, that's done wonders for him in one season. For Sanders Cummings, not the case. Now, I know I'm comparing a defensive back to a quarterback with their backgrounds, but still, he knew about their baseball backgrounds. For both Patrick Holmes and Sanders Cummings, the two players that he's drafted, and he tried to use that to the best of his ability, hoping that it would improve the Kansas City Chiefs in some way. So I, I'm kind of curious. How do NFL coaches, scouts, and general managers approach a guy like Kyler Murray, who does have that background? A lot of people are trying to mimic the Kansas City Chiefs, Even though Andy Reid does not have a Super Bowl ring and only one Super Bowl appearance as of right now, a lot of people are trying to mimic his style of play. Who has copied an NFL play? Who's an NFL playbook has been copied the most? It's been Andy Reid. You look at what Andy Reid's done uh, this year and last year, so many teams have tried to duplicate that, and some have been able to succeed, some not. Not just at the NFL... And in college football too, a lot of people are trying his his kind of stuff, and kind of makes you wonder if they want to drive, if teams draft Kyler Murray in hopes that maybe he can have some Patrick Mahomes in him. Would be very interesting to see moving forward as the NFL draft, of course, will take place in April. John Elway, by the way, Broncos general manager admits he blew it in the hiring of Vance Joseph who is now the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, it's nice that John Elway is publicly admitting the hirings that he has supposedly blown here. Let me say this. I think we get so caught up when a former player becomes a coach or a general manager. I think we forget. uh, People always say, why would anyone criticize an athlete when they've never played the sport before? Okay, now let's put it the other way around, because we have seen lots and lots of former athletes who are coaches or general managers, and they're terrible at it. John is one of them. John Elway has really hurt the Broncos franchise. Sure, they have a Super Bowl win under John Elway, but I don't really know how much credit John Elway really deserves for that. I really don't think, I, I no, seeing just how much this Broncos team has declined... I don't know if this Broncos team is going to excel under John Elway. I just don't see it happening. How many? You fired the guy who won a Super Bowl in Gary Kubiak, who, by the way, we need to address later on in the closing segments. Uh, who else have you fired? You fired Vance Joseph. Now you're on another head coach here. Well, what is going on with the Denver Broncos? Why is it that under John Elway, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, you're not able to get it done? People criticize Michael Jordan. And his ownership abilities uh, with Charlotte. And that it's not very good. And that other owners have done a way better job. And they have obviously nowhere near the credentials in basketball that Michael Jordan has. So I think we've got to be careful with how we criticize certain players and and non-players when it comes to... Whether it's analyzing, being in the media, or coaching even. Because... Not every former player has a a good IQ of the sport. Last thing I want to discuss here is Nick Folds. And I'll make this very short. I think he should 100% start over Carson Wentz. I get it. Carson Wentz is the guy you drafted early. But at this point, and I get that Carson Wentz has yet to have an opportunity in the playoffs. But let's be honest, folks. At this point something's going right with Nick Foles in the playoffs. I don't know why, that just seems to be the case. I know this was not a very good year for the Eagles. They still managed to make it to the playoffs, but Nick Foles did what he needed to do in the last couple of games to help the Eagles get to the playoffs. He got a little bit of luck against the Chicago Bears, sure, but it just seems to be clicking with Nick Foles in the playoffs. Look at all the Eagles quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham, uh Kevin Cobb, who you drafted early and it didn't pan out, and I know these a couple of these guys are Andy Reid's guys, uh, Carson Wentz, these are all guys who you've drafted earlier or have had a historic mark on the Eagles franchise, and Nick Foles is the only one who's ever led them to a championship win. I think there's something, and I don't don't want to say just because of history Nick Foles should be the starter, but my point is you've invested in all these guys, but Nick Foles is the one that's led you to a championship, and he even had some success this year helping your team make the playoffs and, and get a playoff win. So I think you've got to consider Nick Foles as your starting quarterback going into 2019. I think the Eagles have to consider that, or at the very least, you got to trade him because I'm sure he's going to be wanted elsewhere and there's going be to be a team out there that's going to want to start him and then they're going to be willing to give up a lot for him. Let's go out of bounds. Arms. All right, the Los Angeles Lakers, man, they are in deep, deep trouble without LeBron James and there's all this criticism surrounding Luke Walton and... Is he the right guy to be the head coach of the Lakers? I think that is a valid question at this point. Let's just let, let me put this into perspective here because I don't think people realize what's been going on with the Lakers right now. They're 3 and 7 without LeBron James. He suffered an injury on uh, the Christmas Day game and at that point the, the Lakers did manage to win that the rest of that basketball game without LeBron James. They had a record of 20 and 14. Uh, after the injury occurred, uh, after that, uh, after the game, since that game, the Lakers have gone three and seven, and now from twenty and fourteen, they have a twenty-three and twenty-one record. This Lakers basketball team is hanging by a thread right now, trying to stay above five hundred. And if LeBron doesn't return anytime soon, this team's chances of making it to the playoffs could be in jeopardy here, and. I think it just shows one basketball player right now is making all the difference in the world right now for the Lakers. LeBron, if LeBron doesn't leave Cleveland and if he doesn't join the Lakers, the Lakers aren't even—I mean—they're probably the worst team in the NBA right now, right? Right next to some of the other bad teams. So I'm not quite sure where Luke Walton. I mean, how much criticism should he be taking right now? Uh, because shouldn't a basketball team—you know—if they've been doing so well with LeBron James? When LeBron is out with an injury, should the basketball team still be able to operate without him? I think that is an interesting call right there. Look, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they they fired their head coach and the uh, director of basketball operations after a very convincing win over the Lakers. And, I mean, the Timberwolves are a team that have struggled quite a lot lately, but to do that after a big win, I mean, that just tells you at this point, kind of makes you wonder uh, how much... Job security, does Luke Walton have left? I know Kobe Bryant has come out defending him, obviously a former teammate of Luke Walton's, but kind of makes you wonder if Luke Walton's on a short leash right now. 23-21, and 3-7 without LeBron James. I think it just shows you right now who really is the top dog on this on this basketball team excuse me it's definitely lebron way more than luke walton with this this basketball team it's going to be interesting to see if lebron continues to stay sidelined uh how this basketball team will move on without him should be very interesting hey this is very interesting samsung introduced a 219 inch tv at ces the uh electronic uh, features event over in Las Vegas very cool event it, it's always very fun to follow CES by the way this podcast used to be called CES the, the abbreviation the chief's anthem show so i remember when CES was a was a trending topic on twitter i actually thought it had to do with my podcast but no uh th- th- this podcast doesn't have the uh the ability to have that kind of exposure but maybe one of these days but not so much by the way samsung is calling this 219 inch tv the wall and this is of course in the midst of another wall that's being discussed quite a lot and a lot of people in the comment sections on facebook are saying this is a wall they approve of from samsung uh, which is comical to see but let me just say this who would buy this i i any time you come up with an idea and you want to manufacture it the people in the room who come up with the idea have to say who's going to buy it here now, it's got to be people who are super rich, very wealthy, live in big houses, because, let's be honest, uh, I, I think I think everybody, whether it's a, a small apartment or if you live in a big house, everyone has a, a room for a 219-inch TV, but you probably prefer to fill it up with other things, such as photos, uh, you know, art, po- portraits, whatever, and then a smaller TV in the middle of all that. Uh, gosh, a 219-inch TV. It sounds cool. It really does. And I'm sure it's got great picture, high definition, all that good stuff. But I don't know who's going to buy this. I don't know who's going to buy this. This is going to be very interesting to see how this does on the market. That's definitely something that I would be interested in following and seeing how this does when it comes to total sales. Last thing from the Out of Bounds segment, a woman banned from a Walmart for driving around with an electric cart. And while doing so, she was drinking wine. Now, not only was she drinking wine, she was drinking it out of a Pringles can. What are we doing here? What is going on? I mean, I have kind of a funny story about this. I remember when I was in college, I worked at a Staples. And when I went in for my job interview, when they called me in, I remember I went in one evening after after my classes... And the day of my interview, I saw three kids from my high school and they all got on the, I mean, they weren't electric, but they all got on the, um, on the computer chairs uh, that were on display and they started rolling around them, racing around them in the store. Now, let me say this about the stables that I worked at. Not a lot of employees, uh, during the evening. And this is when I went in for my interview. This is actually when I worked the evening shift. And, uh, gosh, when there are only two or three employees working, plus a, ma- a manager, maybe two managers, no one gives a damn. I mean, they really don't. I still remember working there. We, we, we would we would be lucky to have five customers walk into our store. And that staples, by the way, still standing. I have no idea how, but, uh, yeah, good for this woman. Uh, she had her fun, I guess. I mean, she, she must have been bored, had nothing better to do. So, hey, why not go to Walmart, get an electric cart, and, uh. Live life, uh, I guess. I mean, do what makes you happy, right? Uh, wine out of a Pringles can. Um, I mean, surely there were some crumbs that blended in with that wine. I don't know how that would taste. Uh, but it sounds like she had her, uh, her fun. So maybe to her it tasted great. Who knows? Final segment of the show. Let's throw some penalty flags. This one's very interesting. The Chicago Bears are apparently not happy because of Cody Parkey's appearance on the Today Show. Uh, I'm kind of surprised the Today Show wanted to interview him. Uh, I mean, as if there weren't other stories to talk about in the world. But uh, Cody Parkey, of course, missed that field goal, which I guess apparently was barely blocked. Uh, But Cody Parkey went on the Today Show and said, quote, I feel worse than anybody about missing that kick because I want to make it more than anybody Parkey said during his Today appearance uh, last week. uh, The quote continues, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to hold my head high and when things aren't going my way, I'm going to continue to think positive and keep swinging. Now, Bears head coach and former Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace weren't thrilled with him and the comments he had on the Today Show. Matt Nagy said, we always talk about a we... Not a me thing, Nagy said during his joint press conference with Ryan Pace. Uh, Nagy went on to say, We win as a team and we lose as a team. I didn't necessarily think it was a we thing. And then uh, Ryan Pace also mentioned that it's a position that the team needs to improve on. And they'll evaluate it as the offseason goes up. Generally that means they're going to let him go. And they're going to go for a new kicker. That's usually what that kind of comment means. Uh, Look, I don't think... Cody Parkey said anything wrong. He took responsibility for it. He admitted his mistake. And sure, look, there are many reasons why a, a team loses a football game. Uh, but when you have a moment right there to win it, sure, you, you feel all the guilt in the world. So, uh, I mean, look, props to him for going on a national syndicated show and taking ownership of this mess. Uh, A lot of people would not be willing to do that. Look at Alshon Jeffrey, the drop he had against the Eagle. Crucial, brutal drop that led to an interception. He stayed, according to media on Twitter, he stayed for a very long time to answer questions. And look, uh, I have criticized Ronda Rousey for escaping the media when she lost because she never wanted that attention. She only wanted it when she won. Yet here are pro athletes like Cody Parkey and Alshon Jeffrey who are facing the media after... A heartbreaking play that they committed that led to ultimately could have led to their team's comeback win and that didn't happen so look uh, I give props to Cody Parkey for, for going out there Yeah, I don't think he said anything bad yeah I get it it is a wee thing you win as a team and you lose as a team but I think he's just taking ownership of where he made his mistake for the Bears, I don't think there was anything bad at this point. I think this is a problem with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and if if they take issue with this, it sounds like a personal problem, man. Because I have I have no issue with what Cody Parkey said. Well, this is interesting. Gary Kubiak has now joined the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff because. Why not, I guess? Uh, This is interesting. Adam Schefter and several other reporters said that he wanted to stay in Denver, and we heard about his health and that he stepped away from coaching after being fired by the Broncos. He still stayed with the Broncos, part of their front office in a different way. Uh, But the Broncos had reportedly blocked interview requests from uh, other teams interested in Kubiak. And according to these reports, Kubiak was highly sought after because... He had a good offensive mind and a lot of people wanted him. But apparently Kubiak wanted to stay in Denver and had no interest in going back to coaching. Yet here he is, now part of the Vikings offensive coaching staff. I'm kind of intrigued. Was there only one team Kubiak was interested in and no other team? And maybe the Broncos helped cover for him for that? I don't know. I just don't really see the necessity to go about it this way. I'm not quite sure why the Broncos and Kubiak went about it this way. But, uh... Hey, good for him. Uh, if he's happy with the job he has, if he's capable of doing it, given his health that we we last heard about, hey, good for him. Uh, I just think there could have been a better way to go about it. This is really funny. Uh, so everyone knows what's going on with the United States politics. And the wall, and all these other great things with Donald Trump. Uh, The White House, by the way, they hosted the Clemson Tigers football team for their championship celebration over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Second time in three years, Clemson's defeated Alabama in the national championship. Second time in three years, they've won a national title. Just happens to be against the same team. Uh, So, how does the White House celebrate the occasion... By providing McDonald's, Wendy's, and Domino's. And Donald Trump went on to say in his uh, press conference that he wasn't kidding. He, he announced that these were the three fast food chains they were, I guess, providing for the players. Uh, Trump went on to say, I'm not kidding, uh, but this is probably what the players like anyway. Okay, look, I get college students. A lot of them probably have McDonald's and Wendy's. And I mean, for me, my, my choice of pizza in Lawrence was Pizza Shuttle. Uh, I, I mean, what else is out there? Chipotle's probably. Taco Bell is a popular place for poor college students. Uh, but come on, let me just say this: If I was part of a college football team that beat the hell out of Alabama to win the national championship, and if I was served McDonald's, Wendy's, and Domino's at the White House. I would feel sold out. I would feel screwed over. I, I mean, it feels like a big middle finger coming to me. Uh, does the government shutdown? Does that? Does does this come into play? So, I mean, what if there wasn't a shutdown? Would they provide a state of the art meal for these players? I don't. I, I'd like to think a government shutdown doesn't impact what you provide for. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised they still went on to do this despite the shutdown. Uh, I know Trump has done some things. Still, during the shutdown, such as visiting the troops, uh, went to visit the border, a few other things that, I know we don't want to get into the details of that on this podcast, because that's not what this podcast is about, but, come on! They just beat Alabama! I mean, I don't know if the Chiefs have interest in going to the White House, but if they do, please don't provide McDonald's. I, I think these players are, are on a strict diet anyways, and I don't think McDonald's is part of their diet. I just don't think that's the case. I'm not trying to bash McDonald's and Wendy's, but come on, man. I, I mean, this is a special occasion. They won a championship against Goliath, essentially. You gotta do a little bit better than a McDonald's or a Wendy's. You just have to. You gotta do it better than that do it for this episode of the Chief's Own Podcast. My name is Farzim Visugi, and thank you to all of you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. Big thanks to Matt Derrick of Chief's Digest for joining us here on the podcast. I will be back on the radio this week if you live in the Lubbock, Texas area uh, tune into the Raw Bro Show from 9 to 11 a.m. on the Talk 1340. Again, that's in Lubbock, Texas. If you are not in Lubbock, Texas, tune into kkam.com. That is the website for Talk 1340. And uh, you can listen live uh, there as well. His radio show is from 9 to 11 Central Standard Time. And if you do miss it, I will provide it on social media uh, for you guys to listen to or I'll also do, uh, I'll also put on the podcast like I did uh, with the uh, appearance I had last week. So if you guys are interested in that, check out the podcast. Or, uh, the radio show rather, uh, I'll be on the Rob bro show once again in Lubbock, Texas. Sometime between 9 to 11 a.m., probably during the 9 o'clock hour, so tune in for that on Wednesday morning. My name is Farzine Vesugian. Big thanks to you guys, once again, for downloading and listening. Facebook.com slash Farzine Twitter.com slash Farzine 21, and my email, Farzine at com. Hey, subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Share them as well. Appreciate you guys who have done that. Appreciate all of the uh, uh, highly amount of posts here on, uh, on, the, on the social media pages, and... Uh, the downloads that are continuing to go up on the podcast. You guys have killed it recently. I appreciate all of you guys who have done that. That's why we're giving you so many episodes this week because I know you guys want more of it. You guys have shown that. And I appreciate all of you guys who have been doing that. So big thanks to you guys for doing that. Enjoy your week. I will talk to you on Thursday. Charles Goldman of Chiefs Wire will join us and we will break down the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and Patriots at Arrowhead. All of that on Thursday. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to you then.